Welcome, everyone, to the Cub Cooker Supernatural Podcast. My name is Cub Cooker. Today, we're going to be talking about light bean sightings, beans of light seen in caves, seen in the forest, seen even in the sky. Uh, both in our modern times and throughout history, what does that have to do with you? What does that have to do with your faith? Uh, no matter what walk of faith or life you are, uh, be it uh, maybe you're Catholic, maybe you're Buddhist, maybe you're Christian, maybe you are agnostic, maybe you are atheist, this is going to be a great lesson to just kind of whet your appetite about what is out there and what might be going on in the reality around us. So today, as we get into it, we're going to be talking about the transfiguration of Christ. We're going to be talking about light being sightings, but we're going to talk about what all of this has to do with the authentic you. Because if there's one thing I'm all about on my channel here, it's helping you, helping me, helping all of us ascend to a higher consciousness, a higher purpose, and a higher level of service to our fellow man on earth. So today we're going to start talking about light beings and the sightings thereof. Uh, so I've got a picture of Christ pulled up here on the screen. And uh, this is from a Catholic cathedral. It's a beautiful, beautiful stained glass window. Um, and you can see he has appeared here uh, with the other patriarchs of the faith. And, and we've talked about this before. If you've watched any of my TikTok videos, uh, welcome, uh, Ola from, uh, hello, uh, from Wagas, from Wagas. Is that where you're from? Okay. Thank you for being here. Uh, we got a lot of people over here on TikTok, a lot of people over here on Facebook. Thank you, Facebook. God bless you guys. Uh, been very blessed by our Facebook family. Sorry. I've got a dog here in my eye. This is a raw, authentic podcast. So bear with me, uh, as I clean my glasses here, but so what we are going to be talking about today is uh, light beans. And uh, first off, the when we think of beans of light, we talk about angels. We talk about, uh, you know, we see lights in the sky or uh, we see a figure hovering over our bed in the night or a ball of light floating through our basement. Uh, and maybe you've never had an experience like that, and that's totally okay. Uh, but we know that plenty of people have, so um, we also have all of this artwork here. I've just Googled, you know, angels and you get uh, hundreds, thousands of pictures even of angels, of your traditional looking angels. Of course, we have the stone statues of angels. So what really are angels? And that's one thing we're going to talk about today. We're going to, this is part of our Book of Enoch series, by the way. I'm studying Enoch with you guys here publicly. If you want to join in on the study, you can jump over to my website, www.cubkuker.me, cubkuker.me, and just click on the Books of Enoch Complete Study Kit. That'll take you right over to my Amazon page with the Books of Enoch Study Kit. Uh, I love, love, love the uh, audiobook over there, uh, which is the one that I listen to, and then this is the one that I'm reading from. Uh, which is actually uh, the complete edition. It has the Ethiopian books of Enoch uh, and several different uh, scripts in there as well. So I like to read as much as I can when it comes to that. So, But the transfiguration of Christ, you know, he was up on the mountain and uh, he was with his apostles um, and he was transformed into a being of light. And I'm not going to read the exact passage. You can look for it. But um, one thing I wanted to talk about 
is why is that important and why is that important to Enoch? We've been studying Enoch. Um, Enoch was a scribe of God and he was an intermediator between the angels and God. Now, why does God need an intermediator if angels are little spirits that float around? Um, well, because the book of Enoch gives a very different picture of what angels actually are. And that's what's exciting about this. I'm not here to try to convince anyone or change your mind about anything or get you into some sort of new age belief system. I'm here uh, simply to share the scriptures, these ancient scriptures that we have. Look at faith, spirituality, and the paranormal as a holistic unit. Because when we don't look at all of those things together, we don't have a clear picture of what all of our faiths and religions are really trying to say. Uh, we just we either boil that down to doctrine or we boil it down to just spirituality or we boil it down to just paranormal activity. And that becomes a problem because then we get confused. And I've done that to myself lately when I start looking into one aspect of it so much and get obsessed with that aspect uh, I get confused and lost on the other aspects. And so that's very, very important for me. Uh, and I think for all of us guys is to look at it with the three sides there. It's just, it's a giant triangle or a pyramid, if you will, um, of faith, spirituality, and paranormal. All of these things tie together. And that's why I call my podcast Cub Cooker's Supernatural Podcast because I love looking at the supernatural, and to me, the supernatural encompasses all three of those elements. And so, as we get into the study today, I want to read a little bit from the book of Enoch, just to start us out so we can kind of see where we're at in the study. So, we're in Enoch uh, chapter 5 right now, verse 18, uh, and the great glory sat thereon. Now, Enoch has been taken into the heavenly realms. He's been... Uh, literally beamed up and taken on this journey, this trip through the heavenly realms. He's seen the ends of the earth. He has seen uh, the heavenly realms and the secrets thereof. He has spoken with angels, and now he's being taken uh, to a, a special place. Um, and so he says that this place, its floor was like fire. Above it were lightnings in the path of the stars. Its ceiling was also flaming fire. And I saw thereon a lofty throne, its appearance was as crystal, and the wheels thereof as shining sun. And there was the vision of cherubim. And we know cherubim are uh, not little babies with wings, but they are uh, quite terrifying angelic creatures. So, uh, And from underneath the throne came streams of flaming fire, streams of flaming fire, so that I could not look thereon. Uh, so you can imagine the sound and the heat and the flashing and the lights. And uh, this is a very, very vivid description. And we see this so many times in Scripture, guys. Uh, that's what I'm excited about is because this is not just something that is is native to Enoch only. We see this in Hindu Scripture. We see this in Sumerian Scripture, Egyptian Scripture. We see it in Hebrew Scripture. We see it... Uh, in the Gnostic scriptures, we see it in all kinds of different ancient uh, scriptures, and I find it fascinating. And the fact that we don't ever put this together, it just blows my mind because uh, that's what I feel like I'm called to do is try to help put all of this together for all of us. So, um, And I will answer questions on TikTok and Facebook, by the way, guys. So 
as soon as we're done over here on YouTube. I do the YouTube so we have an archive uh, and a podcast of the teachings, and then we'll do all of the questions uh, after the lesson here. So, um, so none of the angels could enter uh, and could behold his face by reason of the magnificence and the glory, and no flesh could behold him. So, but in verse 18, here's where it gets really interesting. And the great glory sat thereon, and his raiment shone more brightly than the sun and was whiter than any snow. So what is a raiment? A raiment is a garment. And this language is exactly the language used to describe the transfiguration of Christ. Um, and so we see this in Enoch. We see that Enoch is talking uh, the same language, the same type of experience uh, and whatever he's seeing on the throne, the great glory, as he calls it. Is he seeing Christ? Is he seeing God? Is he seeing an entity? What is he seeing? Um, and that's why I like to explore this, because we're not given exacting of any of this, because we're only given what the experience of that person was. Beyond that is speculation. And so uh, I want to remind everyone when we read scripture, when we read ancient documents, we are getting the experience of that person. Not all of them were actually written by the person attributed to. Enoch is one of those. This was, uh, it's, it's considered pseudepigrapha, which is, um, it's like a pen name. Basically, someone else wrote it based on stories passed down or other scriptures maybe they found, and it was kind of transcribed later on. Um, so... Anyway, so that's what Book of Enoch is. However, Book of Enoch was something written from a lot of what Christ would have known in his time. A lot of what he would have taught and talked about and what the Jewish culture would have understood uh, is very, very important. So anyway, so uh, this isn't 518 in my Book of Enoch where you're uh, reading from. Yeah, it depends on what Book of Enoch you read from. Uh, when I call out the, the book and verse, it's not like the regular Bible that we read. Uh, where it's going to be pretty much the same in all of them. So the one I'm reading from is like the books of Enoch. So I think I'm in the first book. And so that would be like chapter five of the first book and then verse 18 of the first book. Um, and then this would be the book of the watchers. So, uh, yeah, so it's actually book one watchers chapter five. Um, book of the words of righteousness. So that's actually what I'm reading from there. Sorry about that. Um, like I said, depending on which, uh, amalgamation you have, uh, they, they may be in different orders. They may have some in there, some left out. Uh, but that's why I like, uh, the translations that I put on, on my Amazon, because, um, I feel like they have a, like more complete, some of the things are repetitive, but, uh, you get to see a little different angle. It's kind of like in Genesis where we have two different creation stories uh, where you kind of get to see a different angle of it. And maybe there's some secrets in those angles. I'm going to be talking about the creation stories on another podcast later this week uh, and the differences between those the creation stories in other cultures and what we might be missing with our modern biblical creation story. Uh, because I think there's some really interesting stuff there that we should all check out. So, But anyway, this is what I wanted to read from Enoch. And then we're going to get back into the light beings discussion here. So we see it's a great glory and his raiment or his garment shone more brightly than the sun and whiter than any snow. And again, we see that 
with the transfiguration of Jesus. And we can look at all of these different pictures of the transfiguration of Jesus. Let me put it back on that screen for you guys. So we have tons of different artwork here. And if you're listening on the podcast, you can just Google transfiguration of Jesus and just get ideas of, you know, you've got to think that the people that were there described it a certain way. And the people after that um, transcribed it a certain way. So what we have in scripture is not always the verbatim of what happened. It's, it's an interpretation thereof. And a lot of times we get that, you know, it looked just like a man or it was the image of a man or something like that uh, when the actual experience might have been a little bit weirder than that, a little bit harder to stomach. Um, but the transfiguration of Jesus, um, actually, I will read uh, just a quick scripture out of there. So um, let's see. Um, see if I can actually find the scripture here. I may have to go to the Bible app. Um, yeah, I will. Let's see. There it is. Bible Gateway will have it. Yeah. Uh, so after six days, Jesus took Peter with him, James and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes or his raiment became white as light. So let's read this in the King James Version uh, because, again, you're going to see some really uh, eerily similar language. And that's what, again, guys, that's what my podcast is for here is it's not to, it's not for me to tell you uh, that I know the way, I know the truth. It's for me to spark your curiosity and um, get you to think for yourself and get us all to think for ourselves, get us to go, hey, wait a minute. So here's what I've been taught. Here's what I've experienced. Let's put all of them together and let's let's look for truth in all of this rather than just uh, blindly believing anything because someone tells us or because words on a page say it. Let's look. And if you don't have time to look, a lot of people tell me this. Well, I'm glad you have all the time in the world to study. I do this full time. So I, I do have that luxury. But I will say if your faith, if your spirituality is important to you, and you don't have time to do this type of study, make time. Make time or change your life in a way that you have time to study. Because what we're going to talk about tonight with the beans of light is very important to who you authentically are. And that's what I, that's why I do this, guys. I want to help us all ascend. Um, and I'm not talking about the hippy-dippy ascension uh, process. I'm talking about really breaking out of this matrix, really breaking out of this uh, shell that we're in. We are in vessels of clay, but we are spiritual beings. And everyone who's ever experienced a spiritual world, ever experienced a miracle, ever experienced something paranormal, or ever experienced a moment of authentic faith understands exactly what I'm saying. And if you haven't, this is a perfect opportunity to start today and start praying for that. To ask God, ask the universe, ask the intelligence, ask yourself for an experience that is both paranormal, spiritual, and filled with faith that will move you forward in your faith, whatever that is. So Enoch was mentioned in Job. Yes, absolutely. In fact, I'm going to a church service tonight and we're starting the book of Job and I'm very excited to do that. I can't wait to bring some of that back to this. So um 
Anyway, after six days, so they go up this mountain. A lot of people talk about this mountain may have actually been uh, Mount Hermon that uh, the Watchers descended on because Jesus actually did a lot with the Watchers. Uh, a lot, not with them, but a lot with to do with them. He talked about the mountain. He talked about um, what was done on that mountain. He talked about the gates of Hades, um, which was the, the pathway up that mountain. Uh, so there's a lot of tie-in in his language. Some of those things we have just, you know, kind of adjusted over time in our scriptures to try to forget about Enoch and about all the weird stuff in Enoch because it's like we can keep Revelation because we don't believe that's happened yet. But if we're going to keep Enoch, then that means our origins are way weirder than we thought. Um, and scientists are even starting to, uh, you know, hypothesize that maybe there was genetic uh, manipulation done. Maybe we were created by a race of beings. Hmm, that sounds very familiar to other biblical uh, and scriptural sources. Um, and so I find that really, really interesting. Again, that's why that's why we do this, guys, because I know you guys are curious um, and, and we've got a, oh, we've got a ton of people watching tonight. So thank you. Welcome on YouTube. Welcome on Facebook and TikTok. Uh, you guys are, you're awesome. And, um, I appreciate you being a part of this. Somebody said earlier, thank you for having us. Thank you for joining. Thank you for taking time out of your night. I try to keep these around 30 minutes or so, so that we don't, you know, exhaust the subject, but it gives you something every day to think about, challenge you in some way spiritually to kind of go forward and decide how you think and feel about it. Because ultimately, it's not what I think, guys. It's what you think. You are the center of your own universe because you are connected to God. And God runs through you and in you and around you. Um, and so we don't have to uh, we don't have to just take what other people say and go, oh, that sounds good, oh, as I hit the microphone. Oh, that sounds good. I think I'll just buy that. Uh, you, you can buy your own product. We don't have to buy someone else's product, spiritually speaking here. Uh, so let's, you know, let's find truth. And I'm going to share with you why I believe truth is within here in a minute. So, and behold, they appeared unto them Moses and Elias, or Elijah, uh, talking with him. Uh, then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here if thou wilt. Let us make three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elias. Uh, while he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and behold, a voice out of the cloud, which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Okay, so why is that important? Well, A, it's very, very weird. And B, things like this have happened all over the world. Mount Shasta, Mount Hermon, Mount Sinai. There are certain mountains on this planet where weird, weird things happen like this. Mountains, valleys. We call these ley lines or vortices. Um, it's like spiritual charging ports on the planet. And again, not to get real new age with you, but there, there's a measurable energy exchange in these places. The, uh, geomagnetic forces are different in certain places on this planet. We live out here next to the Paladero Canyon. In fact, I'm going to show you what that looks like. Um, Palo Duro Canyon. Again, this is live, so bear with me here. I can't have everything prepared, but 
Uh, here's the Paladero Canyon. You've, you probably recognize this uh, from television or movies. A lot of movies have been shot out here. Um, and it, it's this beautiful, beautiful canyon. Uh, there's water runs through it. There's not a lot of water around here. It has the Spanish skirts. Uh, you've got the hoodoos out there, which are, uh, you know, the lighthouse. This is, uh, you know, kind of the hoodoo. Uh, I've actually have a painting that's going up in this office in this studio here, uh, that used to hang at my grandparents' house and it has the lighthouse. This is the Paladero Canyon lighthouse. Uh, and this is on my city's website here on visit Amarillo, but, uh, beautiful, beautiful Canyon. I mean, literally this is right out my backyard. It takes me 10, 15 minutes to get there. Uh, I ride my mountain bike out there all the time. This is a spiritual place. Anyone that's been there, if you guys are watching from Amarillo or you've been through the panhandle of Texas, we're at the very tip top, a little hat on Texas there. Uh, if you've ever been to this place, not just the lighthouse, the lighthouse especially, but other places in Paladuro Canyon, you know that it is inherently spiritual in certain places. Uh, you can just be walking and feel a presence, feel a calm, feel a quiet, and just feel that charge of energy in you. Uh, and, and I mean that this is not something you make up like you can just be going and all of a sudden you just like feel it wash over you. Same thing with places in Arizona. Same thing with places in Utah. Same thing with places uh, like Mount Shasta. Mount Shasta, there's been reports of tunnels. There's been reports of uh, beings of light. Um, so anyway, Harvey Spencer Lewis using the pseudonym uh, Wishar uh Curvey wrote a book published AMORC about the hidden Lemurians on Mount Shasta. So the Lemurians are uh what the native peoples believed was kind of a lost civilization. Uh and there's a great episode on ancient aliens about this uh that History Channel produced. They actually show the places and interview a lot of people. It's really cool. Um but anyway, uh he did a bibliography on Mount Shasta described as uh, responsible for the legend's widespread popularity. The belief has been incorporated into numerous occult religions, including I Am Activity. Uh, I Am Activity movement is the original uh, Ascended Master Teachings religious movement founded in the early 1930s by Guy Ballard and his wife, Edna Ann Wheeler Ballard. Uh, it's an offshoot of theosophy uh and the major blah 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 anyway you guys can read wikipedia will take you down rabbit holes that's uh so i try not to do too much wikipedia because it gets me it gets me off but uh off track so but um lemuria very interesting lost civilization i don't have any proof of it uh but i think you know uh legends are always born out of something so you know uh, Native American legends, light beings, uh, UFO activity. There's Mount Shasta. Absolutely beautiful. Um, so we got Mount Shasta. We know Mount Hermon. Uh, I talked about Paladero Canyon. What does all this have to do? You got UFO activity uh, in all of these places. You have angelic activity in all of these places. Now, are angelic activity in UFO different inherently? I do not believe so, and I believe the clue is right here in Enoch. So let me continue into verse 19. 
none of the angels could enter. So we talk about the great glory on the throne, and he shone more brightly than the sun and whiter than any snow. None of the angels could enter and could behold his face by reason of the magnificence and glory, and no flesh could behold him. Now you can take this verse two different ways. Um, that the angels couldn't enter and behold his face because of the magnificence of the glory and the flesh can't. Or you can take it as kind of a sign that the angels are more physical than we think. And that's kind of what I glean from it. Uh, that is me reading into the text, which I do with every text I read. Uh, I try to take it at face value, but also look at what might be there, what might be hidden there. Um, so, and then we continue on the flaming fire was around him and the great fire stood before him and none around could draw nigh to him. 10,000 times 10,000 were before him and yet he needed no counselor. So this being stands alone. It's there's fire emanating from under the throne. There's 10,000 of these angelic beings in front of him. And, uh, yet he stands alone. Um, and, and it's, it's, you know, Enoch calls these angels the holy ones. Um, he obviously talks about multiple races of them. Um, we see UFO activity all over the planet, guys. We see angelic activity all over the planet. People experience things in the spirit. They also experience things in the physical. And I think a lot of times we use the word angel interchangeable for things like sons of God or holy ones or messengers uh, rather than looking at what the exacting description is because we see different descriptions in every single one. And I want to read one specific verse out of Hebrews 1.7. It says, And of the angels, he says, He makes his angels winds and his ministers a flame of fire. And again, I think there's something here. So we're going to look at the King James Version uh, not because I'm a huge King James fan, but because I do think that when you go and translate it with the original, uh, it makes a little more sense this way. So, And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. So it's almost like we have two different classifications. We have angel spirits and ministers as flames of fire. And guys, how many times do we see UFO or paranormal activity appear as flames of fire? And it's obviously hard to capture. We're getting a lot more evidence of it now that we have smartphones everywhere. Uh, but if you've ever tried to film a beautiful big moon at night and then you notice when you get that cell phone footage back, it just looks horrible and trashy and just looks like a tiny little street light in the photo. So it's very hard uh, to kind of verify all of these things. I am a believer, so I'm a paranormal believer. I'm a spiritual believer, and I'm a faith uh, man of faith. So that's why I do this. But um, you know, when I hear ministers, flames of fire, this is this is what I think of. Um, you know, we've got this type of activity caught all over the world. Um, and to me, guys, I'm just going to zoom in on this. It's blurry. I mean, that's as good as any cell phone will capture at night right there. I, mine won't capture any better than that. But we see these look like flames of fire. You know, those could be drones, could be whatever, could be fireworks, could be flares. You know, there's always a, oh, it could be. But we have to ask ourselves, too, 
in the Bible or in all these ancient scriptures. And I say Bible and ancient scriptures because it's not just the Bible that we hear about these angelic beings, that we hear about unidentified aerial phenomenon, that we hear about the flames of fire. Um, so here are these flames of fire. And then again, he maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. I think we're dealing with something that we just don't understand, guys. I think it's really important to look up. Look up at the sky and remember that you were created in love, in light, by the word of God, the logos of God, the creative energy, the divine spark is within you. We see that all through the Bible as well as other spiritual texts. I try not to just quote the Bible all the time. I am a Bible believer, but this is a channel for all people, all walks of life, all race, religion, orientation. I love you. You're welcome to be here. Let's ask questions. Let's let's engage as a community together. So next time you hear or see something weird, understand that there might be going on more than you think and that the transfiguration of Christ in the Bible and the weird sightings on uh, the mountains and the spiritual places that we talk about might all be connected. And I just I want to encourage everyone in love and openness to, to dig deeper because it's important to you and who you authentically are. So many people are struggling right now. Uh, and they don't even stop to think, who am I? They're just worried about the money. They're worried about the economy. They're worried about the health. They're worried about the family or the relationship. And I think when we stop and we say, I am light, I am a being of light. Christ said, if thine eye be single, then the whole body be full of light. And I want us to stop and let our eye be single. And, and that can mean whatever it needs to mean to you. To me, that means my third eye, my spiritual eye, my senses beyond what I see in front of me, my eyes of faith. Um, and I believe an actual third eye, I believe that my body actually has um, a way to pick up spiritual energy and a way to discern and divine things into the spiritual realm because I was given that by a loving God, even though I'm trapped in my flesh right now, that I have that ability to see into the truth. And so the, if he said, if thine eye be single, the whole body be full of light and you are light. I say activate it, activate the light in your cells, in your body. They have been able to even measure that people have, and you can look this up, don't take my word for it, but they have been able with certain cameras to measure that there is energy, uh, different wavelengths of light that can emit from people's bodies, especially when they meditate or they're on a higher spiritual plane. So it's really, really cool, guys. Jump on over. Cubcooker.me is my website. You can grab my podcast over there on Apple and Spotify if you want to re-listen to this or grab all of these episodes, excuse me, all of these episodes in your car. I haven't had dinner, and I just kind of choked on my tongue. So uh, you can grab all of these episodes on the podcast and listen to them in your car at your convenience. You can also join the Books of Enoch study over there where you can grab all of the books as well as a book by Dr. Michael Heiser called Reversing Herman, which ties the Book of Enoch to the life of Christ and explains why it's important uh, to who Christ was. Whether you are a Christian or a Jew or a Buddhist or an agnostic, I don't care, guys. This is, uh, again, this is so really cool information for all of us. And it may 
move you into a different place of understanding. Because I know for me, uh, I don't claim to be a part of the traditional church or anything like that, but I do claim to love God. I do claim to uh, be of him, and I know that I'm full of light, and I know that I'm full of his truth. Uh, And I do follow Christ, not because I'm told that he's the Savior, but because I see that he is truth, and he is the thing uh, that is in me, and he's always been a part of me ever since I was a little kid, just wanting to come out, wanting to come out and play and be a part of this beautiful world. And uh, we're going to see things coming in the future that are going to be difficult and people are going to struggle, and I want to activate as many people as I can right now to find their inner light being so they can go out and heal people, love people, serve people, and bring people truth. And it does not have to come through any stamped religion, guys. It just comes through your goodness, your inner peace and beauty and love, and your connection to the divine. So, Also, the Lost Gospel Study Kit is over there, and then I have some other really cool books on my influencer shop on Amazon. My new audio book is out if you haven't checked it out and you want to do a little more digging into your authentic self, who you are and what your spiritual gifts might be. My audio book is the perfect place to start. And if you do that and you love that, then check out my God-given gifts of brilliance, complete masterclass uh, that has tons of videos, literally, literally hundreds of videos of me going through reading the book, giving extra material, but also teaching a full course around my book. So go check it out. I love you guys so much. Thank you for being here. Have a beautiful day. I'm going to answer some questions over on uh, TikTok over here and Facebook, but YouTube, thank you guys for watching. Thank you on the podcast. Have a beautiful day. I love you guys and I'll see you tomorrow. Peace.